What up, Anchor? This is Made From Scratch, and today's episode is continuing on the theme I started yesterday about branding as advertising and looking at business through that lens, seeing what we see, exploring and experimenting a little bit with that. So with that in mind, you can look at the phrase branding as advertising as sort of a lens through which we're going to look at business and, uh, and see some uh, new things about aspects of your business, how to generate revenue and put yourself out there. So one example uh, of where this kind of stuff goes awry is in your marketing linguistics. So the language you use to market yourself, the copy you write in your advertising, your sales materials, all that kind of stuff. And one really pervasive phrase that's just completely lost all meaning, and that's tech companies. So if you're starting up a new business, um, you consider yourself a startup founder, you're probably in some sort of a SaaS software as a service company. You're telling people you're building a tech company, you're looking for your value, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just really weak and it's actually misinforming people about what you do in a lot of cases. You know, if you're a, um, a manufacturer of a food or beverage device, you're in, you're in the F and B industry, you're in food and beverage, food service, something like that. Um, if your beverage maker has an app attached to it, that does not make you a tech company all of a sudden. Um, and we all know at this point why people do that. They use that phrase because they know that that phrase has been overvalued for so long that they believe they'll get a good deal on their equity and they probably will. Same goes for OTT apps over the top. You know, these are apps like Netflix or, you know, the smaller niche apps that are looking to compete on that kind of level. I mean, you're a media distributor. There's nothing wrong with saying that. It's the same business model that was around when um, mostly people were watching films in the theater and there'd be a distributor who distributed the reel of film that film was presented on. Um, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a less physical product now and... Uh, it takes a lot less time, but you're still in the same business. So instead of reinventing the wheel, it's, um, it's really time for people to be more precise with the business they're in, the products they represent or sell, and what it is that they do, because not everyone can be a tech company. Um, there's way too many of them anyway, and it doesn't really tell you anything about the business or the innovation. Um, it, it just shoves this word in the middle of your pitch to make people think that it's worth a lot more money than it really probably is. And ultimately, when you look at it through the lens of uh, branding as advertising, truly what you see here is just really lazy branding. So companies have gotten really rote and boring in their branding um, from the style they use, uh, the marketing linguistics they employ, and just all of these kind of tactics make every company sound kind of the same and yet revolutionary at the same time. Uh, so it creates a, a pretty confusing sense of, uh, of the market, of your industry. It, it's harder to understand what people do. And so to that, I say just get really comfortable with uh, simplifying your business, focusing on the thing that you actually sell, and talking about that as your industry instead of boiling everything down to some sort of a tech play. This is a message for some of those people out there who are still clinging to their tech valuation and their revolutionary disruptive brand that's going to take over some trillion dollar industry or whatever nonsense you put in your pitch deck. Okay, this is for you and that's a limited number of people I know but I'm sure some of them are listening and I hope you take this to heart. You're not a disruptor, 
you're just another Silicon Valley douchebag or wannabe. Okay, and this is really important for people to get because this kind of language, again, more linguistics, just like overvaluing tech companies, the concept of disruption has gotten completely out of hand. Not everything can be disruptive. I mean, at a certain point, if disruption is the norm, which it seems to have become at this point, then nobody's disrupting. You're just, you've equalized or lost the value completely of what that even means. And here's another thing. Um, who says that having a disrupted market is best? Uh, there's no stability, there's no sound reasoning, everything is speculative. It might be fun, exciting, and full of, uh, you know, risky adventures, so to speak, with these financial instruments, but it's, it's, uh, it can cause a lot of damage as well. So the idea that if you're not disrupting something, you're not as valuable is ridiculous. The idea that every business is disruptive is, dis is ridiculous. And this is another one of these things that's force-fed uh, the youth, and they think that it's a good thing. They think that it, on its own, uh, should be held in high regard and high value, and therefore they build all of their companies around the idea of being a disruptive tech company. You hear it everywhere, you hear it all the time. I'm sure it's great for SEO and all that other kind of stuff, but if it's just diluting uh, what you're doing, like if you, like back to the example earlier in the episode, if you're an OTT app or if you sell a beverage machine and you continue to talk about yourself like you're a tech company and a disruptive one at that, it's difficult for people to really grasp the concept that you're just selling a machine that dispenses carbonated water and flavor, which is fine. That's where advertising and branding come in, telling people why your version is so much better. I mean, Pepsi and Coke have been going through this for decades competing over basically syrupy water, you know, and uh, they don't need to consider themselves disruptors at this point. There's no tech play in there. There's very little to distinguish or differentiate the product itself, but there's still competition. So the, the point here is that people need to, especially startup founders who are just starting a business, um, the idea that you would have an idea what would disrupt the market, especially if you've not been in that market yet, is crazy. So it's time to slow down a little bit, pump the brakes in some respect um, in terms of calling yourself so disruptive or transformative or revolutionary until you've done something um, or found something at least. And that takes more exploration than disruption. So if you're a startup founder, or even if you're in an established business, especially if you're in branding and advertising, if you've fallen into the trap of buzzwords or lacking clarity and talking about who you are and what you do, there are a couple of places to look in terms of identifying your market. And if you really dive in here, um, it can make a big difference. So one thing you can do is by price point. So if you've already identified some of these other areas, it's one of the first ways you can talk about a brand. Well, they're a high-end da-da-da-da, or they're a contract-grade something-something. They're a consumer-based product. You know, you can use these words or identify um, what type of market you're going after in terms of the value of your product itself. And then you definitely need to identify the industry. So you can identify by your position in the industry, you can identify by the psychographic or demographic you go after, and you can combine all of those things together to make a really compelling and easy to understand case. So for example, you could say we're a high-end beverage dispenser that deals with offices specifically and we operate at this region, this region, and this region, right? That tells people exactly where you're at, exactly what you do, 
an idea if they have an understanding of your product line, you know, how much it might cost, or at least know if they're going to be spending a lot or a little. And uh, you've already begun a conversation that has some meat on the bones. Now, if instead you said, we're a revolutionary liquid dispensing technology platform, no one's going to know what the fuck that means. And you're going to sound kind of foolish. And you might even still get people to invest in it, but that does not mean it's a good idea. So if you're making machines, you're a manufacturer. If you're distributing product, you're a distributor. If you're a service provider, so on and so on and so on. Stop reinventing the wheel, get back to the basics, think about what you sell, and then brand and advertise yourself from there, as opposed to from some fantastic linguistic story that you want to tell that sounds really good. When I was in middle school or high school, I read The Importance of Being Earnest, a trivial comedy for serious people by Oscar Wilde. And I don't remember a tremendous amount about the story, the characters, the plot, um, but what I do remember is the title and the importance of being earnest and the, the farce that serious people tend to be. And in this whole conversation I'm having here about branding as advertising, and especially where branding and advertising buzzy words get watered down and the market and linguistics are all the same and it's difficult to differentiate uh, company to company and founder to founder and people to people in these different um, industry circles, it's, it's mostly because no one's being earnest, no one's telling the truth, no one's being honest, and we've all sort of adopted this facade of seriousness and even the fun is is serious you know when you read a pitch deck and it's got some sort of uh you know flowery language like it's all saying the same thing if you look below the surface so i guess that's the other thing about the importance of being earnest is you have to be able to look below the surface and willing to say what's there and in my experience it's more often the willingness than the ability that gets in the way people are not willing to say the truth whatever it might happen to be and i know i'm speaking a lot of generalities here so um, by no means do i mean think this is the majority of people in general or um you know whatever but in these situ in these industries in these markets these things do tend to happen and uh, a lot of it is because early on when someone says they have a brilliant idea, people are more apt to pat them on the back and say good for you than they are to say that's a really dumb fucking idea. Um, and you should not go ask people for money for that because if they give it to you, they're stupid and they might. And uh, you know, those kind of situations wreak havoc. So um, if you're in the startup world, if you're an investor in the startup world, you need to start being more earnest and you need to start being more honest about where your earnings are coming from and uh, what you really stand for because that to me is at the bottom of all of this shit here is if you don't stand for anything real, if you don't believe in anything, then you'll fall for anything. I think that was a Bob Marley quote or an old African proverb something like that. And uh, that's what I see happening here. You know, people fall into the trap of thinking they're disruptive because they're, they're, they're trying to build something that they think will be valuable as opposed to building something that, that they feel compelled to build because they want to bring value to the world um, in whatever area that might be. So my advice, if I'm giving it out, especially for younger people, is, is really explore what you believe in and find that out as fast as you can. It's difficult sometimes and you need to talk about it. Um, so call in if you have questions or if you want to uh, comment on something. I'd love to hear from people what you're getting out of all of this, if anything at all. And uh, let's, let's, uh, let's have a little conversation about it.